We here. It's Don Chen's The Wolf Mentality Podcast. It's pretty damn lit. Uh, long Wolf. What up, Wolves? This is Don Chenz. You are listening to Wolf Mentality, and you just listened to my new intro song, so everyone can shut the hell up about me not having an intro. I got it. It's done. Sound much more official. And that's it. The song is Friends by a band called Nematode. They're a psychedelic rock group, I think located in Brooklyn, but someone I knew introduced me to the group, uh, their music, and then I reached out worked it out so they're letting me use the song so shouts out to them they have a few songs out that i really like so you should check them out nematode n-e-m-a-t-o-d-e i might try to get them on the show at some point also later on but they're nice enough to let me use the song and my boy journey uh helped put the intro together puts the lyrics over the instrumental part and this is the final product so shouts out to journey shouts out to nematode i finally got an intro song sound much more official. You're about to listen to an interview with Eric Leha, aka Primal Swolger on Instagram. He built a big following on Instagram. Uh, he's a kettlebell instructor and influencer. He has a really cool story. He went from a self-described chubby kid uh, to and worked really hard in school, got into a great college, but then dropped out got into psychedelics a little bit, decided that he needed to drop out and pursue his own thing. So he just started going and training MMA and eventually a series of events led to him leaning into fitness and building the brand and audience he now has today. So it's a really cool story. We're going to get into it right now. So pay attention, lot to learn. And for any first time listeners, welcome to the Wolf Pack. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, give it five stars. We're welcoming all wolves. We're on this journey together. About to learn a lot from Eric right now. Here he is. And what up, wolves? This is Don Chenz, and I have a new person I am speaking to, and I'm doing it remotely through Skype, and I'm very paranoid about things going wrong, but I think we're going to be good. (laughs) I got. Yeah, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be good. Um, the voice you're hearing is Eric Leha. Did I say it right? First of all. Yeah, you got it, man. What do you usually get? Leja, Leja. Like, how do people usually screw it yeah, up? Yeah, Leja, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Leia, um, Princess so. Leia. <laughs> don't don't go with that one. So, <laughs> Eric, aka Primal Soldier, is probably how you would know him. That's his Instagram handle. He is the on it. Uh, Academy Senior Kettlebell Coach in Austin, Texas. And would you call yourself an Instagram influencer? I know some people feel a way about that. I don't know if you like that term or not. <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah. Call me what you want, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Whatever. I mean, I just have Instagram personality, whatever. Yeah. Somebody who posts a lot, like <laughs> it's annoying sometimes, but whatever. It's part of my business. Right. So <laughs> the, fir- the reason I have you on here and the most important question I have, so I said you're located in Austin, Texas, right? Yeah. Where's the best barbecue in Austin? Um, Valentina's barbecue, man. I've had I had Franklin's again again recently, which is supposed to be the best. It's where people wait out line uh, outside for you know hours, and it's usually sold out by one o'clock. So I actually had that last week, and it was all right. I mean, it was really good, but Valentina's Tex-Mex barbecue is way better. They have, I mean, the thing the way they get me at Valentina's is they have queso and guac all with their badass barbecue so super legit so i i went to austin only once uh stereotypically for a bachelor party and yeah for sure and i went to terry black's have you been there oh yeah terry black's goes hard they got awesome uh, dude that place is so good i i've told people honestly the brisket i had there might be the best food i ever eaten to this day yeah, when I, when you come back, I'll I'll show you some some better barbecue. Yeah, there's something better. But Terry, but Terry, but Terry Black's is solid, man. Yeah, it's, it's a barbecue you can get without having to, you know, wait hours. You know, so it's always yeah. it's always good. I did see some of the places where they were handing out menus and people were like ordering drinks in line, going yeah. out to places. Yeah, drinking a beer. That was while waiting in line. That's cool though. What's but your yeah? Uh, there's some some really dope spots. What's your uh, food vice? 
my food vice, man, it depends. You know, it, it kind of changes. Right now, it's uh, I'm really into burgers, man. I'm back on. A, I'm on a burger kick right now. I'm like running around town every weekend, try to try a different burger in town. But so far, there's this badass butcher shop here in Austin. It's called Salt and Time. By far the best burger I've had in, in Austin, Texas, probably even in the country. There's probably and, good burgers in Austin too, I would assume. So it's, it's yeah, kind of well, the, it's a butcher shop, so they take their really like high quality steaks, all the leftover trimmings, and they ground it up and make a badass steak burger out of it. So super juicy, super good. The bun is like when I ordered it, I, we weren't really thinking much. Me and my girlfriend were like, let's just try the burger. We didn't order any add-ins, just the patty, cheese, bun. Dude, it was amazing. Next time, you know, I'm going to get two just to have one the way it was. <laughs> and I'll get one with like an egg and bacon and all the good stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to that. But the steak burger, man, the trimmings, it goes so hard. But yeah, any other little burger too. There's this place called P. Terry's around. That's like a fast food joint. They have like higher quality fast food. That's really good too. So burgers yeah. is where it's at right now. I had a lot of fast food when I was in Austin. Such so uh didn't sit well with me afterwards, but that's all right. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, All right, it's a party. Eric, he has a pretty big following on Instagram that you've built over the last few years. Um, and like I said, you're the kid, uh, kettlebell coach for Onnit. Um, how did all of how did your fitness journey start? Let's to start from uh, the start from the beginning. We'll work chronologically. Start from the beginning uh, when I was a little kid, man. I remember I started working out when I was like 12 years old, like the summer after my sixth grade of middle school. I was in, uh, I remember I was like super chubby all in elementary and just like, I like playing video games all the time and eating tacos and Wendy's Jack in the box. Curly fries was my, by far my favorite snack. Uh, nacho cheese chalupas from Taco <laughs> Bell. Oh, Taco Bell's the best though. Yeah, dude. It was so good. And I mean, I'm Mexican, so I already always had, you know, uh, home cooked meals that were badass, badass Mexican food for my grandma and my mom. And so, you know, growing up, I was super fat and I was spoiled growing up. Like I was the, I'm the baby in the family. I have an older sister, older brother, and they're, we're separated all, by like seven years, you know? So they're, they always teased me growing up. Uh, I mean, they were fat themselves, you know, but they are, obviously they grew out of it and they were in shape, working out in relationships and all kinds of stuff. And so as I was growing up and coming into my own, like man you're so fat you got bitch tits you're <laughs> sixth grade when i was in my brother's like when i was in sixth grade i was already finger banging girls and kissing girls <laughs> i haven't even I, had hands of the girl and i'm like what i haven't done any of that i'm just playing video games leave me alone i just want to be fat man like dude let me live you know so but like it kind of got to my head, especially when my sister was talking a lot of crap too, you know. So I was like, she's a female, and she's like talking shit, <laughs> getting ragged on, you know. I'm fucking fat and ugly. So that's when, right after sixth grade, I started kicking ass. I started going outside, running. I remember I picked up the Arnold Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. It was a copy that my brother had. I picked that up, read through it, learned all the basic bodybuilding routines, and. I lost a ton of weight really fast. I gained some muscle going to seventh grade, eighth grade. I was I started playing football and all the good stuff, and I was in shape. Um, but eventually, you know, I was really digging, you know, seeing results from working out, and you know, seeing that my physique transform. I had like a wide back, my forearms were getting big. You know, I felt huge confidence boost, but at the same time, I still really didn't have any social skills. So I still had to kiss a girl. I hadn't even held hands with a girl. So I was like, man, I got to try something different. Like, football's not working out. Like, I'm good at it, but it's too big of a team thing. Like, I want, I want to be singled out. Like, I want to be special. Like, what can I do that's that's going to, you know, make me be special? You know, so I remember watching Gladiator and, like, all these, like, cool war movies growing up that I realized, like, man, the guys in the UFC are killing it right now. Those guys are, like, those guys are the top athletes, and they're in there by themselves, and they're – they're like warriors. Like, I want to be a warrior. So I started picking up martial arts. I started, started taking boxing classes, jujitsu. And but what happened was, you know, I thought I was in shape. I was like, I had this strong looking physique. But I go into these classes, and I started getting mopped, man. Everybody in the class, including the, the girls, you know, the women in the class. I was like, you know, I'm super machismo at the time thinking, oh, man, you know, 
I'm, I'm going to take it easy on these girls. Man, they were whooping my ass. Even like the older women, like the older ladies in the class are just kicking my ass, everybody. I couldn't do anything. No matter how strong I looked, I was getting beat up. And that's when I kind of uh, took a look at my training. I was like, man, what I'm doing, you know, with these bicep curls and bench press isn't really translating well to being able to hold my own in a fight. Uh, it wasn't until I started training with the pros at the gym and seeing how they were doing their conditioning and strength strength training that I realized like, wow, you know, it's, there's really a, a method to, to, you know, training for, for real world sport. And they were using like kettlebells, battle ropes, all kinds of unconventional tools that, you know, I, I wasn't familiar with. And so when I started picking those tools up and mixing it up the way they were doing it and kind of doing more functional type training that translated easy, uh, easier to the strength that it takes to be in a fight, uh, I became a lot better of an athlete. I started holding my own in the sparring matches and jujitsu tournaments. I started doing really well. And so that's when I kind of fell in love with unconventional training. That was about like in high school, I kind of just dabbled in and out, uh, of martial arts. I kept training like every summer and every winter break, I would go do some more classes. And I'm, I just kind of, I lived like kind of like in the boondocks area. So there wasn't really a lot of martial arts schools, uh, like right outside of Austin. So I kind of just kind of took it upon myself to, watch a lot of DVDs and online instructionals of my favorite uh, fighters and I bought my own set of mitts and pads and I would just train with me and my cousins. And I remember I just kept kept trying to, you know, dabble in, in, in martial arts all through high school. And, you know, once I got out of high school, I ended up getting into a good school, uh, University of Texas at Austin. I remember I busted my ass off to get into UT and like I was, I worked really, really hard. I took all the hardest classes to try to get my GPA up to par. And I ended up getting into that school. Um, but then, you know, I, I never made time to actually hang out with friends and go to parties. I had never drank or done any drugs. Uh, so as soon as I got out of high school and I went to, to college, I was like, I felt out of my element, man. Like I didn't, I couldn't make any friends. Um, I just had the, the worst time in college. So I ended up actually dropping out and you know, all I had I'd like that I really had like as a goal was martial arts. You know, I was like that, that was my, my thing that I kind of wanted to fall back on. That's I still looked up to all the UFC fighters and stuff. And actually a good friend of my brother's was a UFC fighter at the time, this guy, Roger Wertha. So when I was thinking about dropping out of school, he's like, Hey man, I got another fight coming up. Why don't you, you know, if you don't want to go to school, you don't got to go to school. Like the most successful people in the world, they, they didn't even graduate from college. And I'm just like, yeah, you're right. I want to drop out of school. Fuck it. I dropped out of school. I drove up to Minnesota with him and trained with some of the top, top UFC guys at the time over there in, uh, in Minnesota. Got a ton of experience. Um, I kind of, you know, saw what it takes to be an MMA fighter and, um, we ended up coming back to Texas. He had his fight. It didn't go so well. Uh, kind of lost touch with him right after that, just cause you know, he was a little upset that he lost the fight and kind of, he bounced off of Thailand. So after that, my mentor was gone and I'm like, man, what am I going to do? So I ended up kind of just hanging out around my brother and his friends who were, they're like all a little bit older than me. And he was good friends with Aubrey at the time. This guy, Aubrey Marcus, who's the CEO of this supplement company called on it. And I asked him for a job. I was like, hey, man, I dropped out of school. I really, uh, I really like what you're doing with the supplements and with Joe Rogan. You know, Joe Rogan was a partner. He's a partner of the company and really believes in the products. Were you a big Rogan always, guy? Yeah, I was always a big Rogan fan yeah. uh, through college. I started smoking weed uh, because of Joe Rogan. And that's how I kind of started doing drugs, smoking a ton of weed and kind of pushed me over the edge to drop out of school, you know, just that being in that mentality of, you know, being free to do whatever I want to do and not really have to stay, you know, to with the status quo. Right. And so it kind of motivated me to do my own thing. So I ended up dropping out of school, but I asked Aubrey for a job and he said, Hey man, you know, there's always room for you in the warehouse at in the fulfillment warehouse on it. You know, you can help ship products to customers. And I was like, fuck it. I want to do that. You know, I'd rather do that than, you know, go back to school. And so I started working in the warehouse. Um, my buddy Sean worked there, a good friend of my brother's, and a ton of my other friends worked there. So it was kind of 
I was hanging out with the whole gang, you know. So besides, you know, it being like a low level job, it was still super dope because I was surrounded by a ton of really cool people who who were like super like minded and they believed in um, like just like I was talking about earlier, like not going, you know, with the status quo and like they believed in uh, op- like uh, mind opening experiences like trying ayahuasca or DMT and they believed in you know, and fitness from an unconventional approach. Like they all had, you know, their own ideas that really resonated with me. So that's why I stuck around. And I remember all the parties were always super fun. And so I stuck it out. And after a couple of years, my brother actually started training personal clients out of our small company gym uh, on it. And it was a tiny little gym, which is actually now currently the on it gym. Uh, one of the classrooms, you know, that's where it all started in this small company gym. And, um, you know, so when my brother started training his clients out of there, Aubrey was like, man, you're bringing a really good vibe, you know, to the, to the office. You know, why don't we, why don't we just open a gym? You know, the space next door was available. And so we rented out the space next door, gutted it out, this huge warehouse, doing some equipment in there and some turf. And, you know, the rest is history. I became, me and Sean, who we both worked in the warehouse together, we became, uh, and my brother became some of the first coaches there on it in Austin. And so, you know, we spent a couple years, you know, grinding out in the warehouse. And I guess, you know, started from the bottom, you know, ended up being now some of the top coaches there at the gym. Right. Damn. And that was a lot. Let's back. We'll back up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> when you all right, just trying, so. to cover, just trying to cover the 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 roots as fast as possible. Yeah, so that was good. All right, so yeah. you were talking about how you started jujitsu in high school and you worked really hard to get into UT Austin. Yeah. So you work real hard. That's a good school to get into. You get in, and you're talking about the social, like you weren't good, like the social situations, I guess, or you were struggling to make friends. Yeah. So how did your priorities kind of shift then? Because it seems like, you know, the academics was motivating you, but then you kind of, it almost didn't matter to you. It sounds like when you got to college. So how did your priorities kind of shift like that? I was just always super competitive, you know, and I remember in high school, I actually almost flunked out the first semester in freshman year because I didn't know where it was being ranked. I was like, wait, we're being ranked, and there's this thing called the GPA. I had no clue. I was a complete dumbass. And so, I mean, I was a dumbass when it came to, you know, the way things work, but I, I wasn't dumb. So I was like, man, fuck that. I'm smarter than all these kids. Like, I can do way better. So that, that's what kind of boosted my my uh, my confidence to just kind of kick ass in academics and try to show everybody that I, I wasn't the dumbest kid. I remember I was ranked like number 450 out of 500 people in my class. <laughs> But I ended, up, I ended up, you know, busting my ass off, taking all the hardest classes. I even took AP Studio Art and kicked ass there. I remember I always had like the dope. I always like like growing up. Uh, I always like drawing growing up. So for me, it was easy to just jump into that class and do some dope art. And I ended up like becoming like number maybe 12, 12 out of five hundred people in my class. I ended up graduating top ten percent, and so that's how I got into into UT after all. That's because in Texas, if you, in Texas, if you or I don't know if it's still this way, but if you made the top 10 percent uh, in your class, you automatically get accepted into one of the one of the schools like that. So hmm. one of the state schools. That's interesting. I, they, they probably don't rank kids anymore because it probably hurts their feelings. So they probably, <laughs> they probably stopped. Doing yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so then, yeah. So then I, I so I ended up focusing so hard on just my grades that I felt uh really like get into socializing with people. Like I got invited to a ton of parties, but I just, I didn't like drinking not only because, you know, it would interfere with my schoolwork, but also I remember growing up, my mom always told me, don't drink. You know, your dad has, uh, has a drinking problem. Almost everybody in your dad's side of the family has a drinking problem. Don't be like them. Don't drink. So I was like, all right, whatever. And, and what I mom said, what mom said worked. Uh, it worked, but I also remember growing up, I accidentally drank a beer and I was like, oh, that's nasty. Like, it's disgusting. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't think I ever want to try that again. And, you know, I told you I was I was already re- really into fitness right out of middle school. So I was like, I don't want all the extra calories and alcohol. It's going to slow down my gains. So 
I was still really focused on on having a fit body and uh, having a fit mind. So you didn't so, start drinking once you got to college then? Not even after college, man. Uh, like even after I dropped out, I was only like smoking weed and uh, doing some mild psychedelics so, before so then, I. So then, how'd you get? How'd you go from you don't drink, but then you went to college and you started I, smoking weed and doing psychedelics? That's a big jump. I was listening to, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, he podcast. he he, he <laughs> makes everyone want to do that. He just talks about DMT yeah, all the time. Dude. You're like, all right, I could try that. <laughs> It's like the fucking worst gateway drug, honestly. It like leads you into everything else. And I mean, that's kind of what happened to me. Um, I remember I tried DMT literally a month after I smoked weed for the first time. It, it, things just kept like falling into place. You know, I mean, I don't believe in like everything happens for a reason or coincidences. I guess, you know, I was just more aware of putting myself in these these different situations where I had access to all these crazy substances and I ended up really digging, uh, DM, you know what DMT is? Right. Yeah. Psychedelic, right? Yep. Yeah. It's really powerful. psychedelic. I got really into that and you know, it was dope. I had like a mind opening experience that made me kind of, uh, look at my, my life a little bit differently. You know, it's kind of, I had like an out of body experience where I, I saw all my issues, like all the skeletons in my closet kind of got, brought out and like this really visual psychedelic experience to where I was like, damn, I'm fucked up. And the things that I'm doing, they're just not cool. Like I'm, I'm like holding myself back because I'm scared of doing things because I feel like I'm not going to be good at them and saying no to a lot of opportunities because I'm scared. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm just going to do what I want. I'm going to, I'm going to drop out of school because I really don't want to be there. I don't want to try to make friends with all these people that, you know, are just hard to deal with because I just don't have anything in common with them. And I ended up convincing myself to drop out and, you know, go pursue martial arts. And after that, it didn't work out. My mentor left. So I ended up picking up a job at, at on it. And unfortunately, you know, that actually worked out really well. So, so um, it wasn't a tough decision to drop out then. You knew like you just had to do it. Yeah, I knew. I just I wasn't happy. You know, I was I was done trying to you know, just, just try to get through school. I always thought it was kind of lame, kind of boring. And I remember I was listening to a ton of different podcasts. I was teaching myself all kinds of different cool things online, you know? And I was just like, man, like if I want to learn anything, I could just, you know, pick up a good book, you know, get on the internet. All the information is available online. Obviously there's so many, so much information nowadays that, you know, that, that's not the, the best way to do things. Yeah. There's too much information. Uh, there's too much information, you know, but at the time, you know, it helped me kind of make my decision to, to push forward and pursue what I wanted to do, not just what I felt like I needed to do. And that was try to make other people happy or prove other people wrong that, that I was smarter or that I had what it takes to get into a good school when I didn't really give a shit about school. I wanted just to work out, look good and feel good and be strong and fit. And uh, apparently nowadays other people want to be fit too. And there's a ton of people who will seek my advice now for, for uh, those reasons to, to get in better shape and to have the confidence to, you know, change the way they live and not just look better, but also feel good and, you know, uh, be pain free, be able to get through their lives a lot easier. You know, everybody works really hard. All my clients are super busy, but you know, when they train with me, they, they get that hour in and they make the most of it. And it, it makes it impacts their lives in a way that helps them, you know, be have more energy and be happy throughout their work and with their families. So that's what's been really fulfilling for me is making these relationships with clients and even people on Instagram and online, just getting that positive affirmation from people that what I'm doing is making a difference in their lives and you know, doing that. I remember actually I was studying, you know, initially I jumped into school uh, with the, the possibility of being like a, an assistant or like working as a doctor with my, my aunt, who was a doctor at the time, or she's a doctor still. And she was like, I hope you get through school if, you know, you work for me and then we can, you know, you can be part of the family business, you know? And I was like, all right. Um, so then while I go to school, she's like, while you go to school, I'll give you a job. You can work for me as like a like a billing assistant, like work on signing, like going through the files of all her medical stuff. And I remember I was doing that for a while in my first semester of college. 
And I was like, man, this is lame. Like, this yeah. sucks. Like, all these people are sick, and all we're doing is prescribing them medicine and, like, not really making a difference, just trying to collect a paycheck. And so that gave me another, and also gave me a perspective on, you know, what's wrong with our, our medical system. And obviously, you know, it is helping people, but not in the best way that we can. And that's, that was another motivating factor to really pursue fitness later on, especially when I had a, like I had a better understanding looking back at what I'd been through on like what I'm doing now is actually making a difference and not just putting a bandaid on people's problems. It's actually helping them, uh, work on their, their, um, the physical side, but you know, the body is one thing and the mind is connected to the body. So if you can help somebody move better, um, and condition their nervous system to feel better, it's going to impact the way their brain works too. And it'll make them a lot happier and possibly, you know, help them be pain free so that they can, you know, get through life a lot easier. So that's, for me, that's the most rewarding part about doing what I do. That's awesome. It's also cool how that wasn't really what your intended goal was kind of going into yeah. it. You know, you kind of fell into that because you said you wanted to go do, you went to go to mixed martial arts initially and it kind of just, mm-hmm. whatever series of events kind of led to that. And then you, I guess now it sounds like you found something that you find very rewarding and it's something that you really Yeah, enjoy. I just wanted to do it because, you know, I mean, I remember Aubrey, my brother talked to me, like, you want to be one of the coaches, like you're into martial arts. The, our supplements are really big in that community, so you can really connect with that part of the community really well and interact with the fighters. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll do it. So I kind of went in just because I was fit and I was familiar with the, the MMA stuff. But then I ended up gaining a ton of experience, you know, working with different clients and uh, classes. And taking. I remember for the first couple of years, it felt like we had a workshop almost every weekend, man where we were locked in the gym, learning from some of the top coaches in the industry who would have, we would host a ton of workshops with some of the top, not only uh, coaches, but therapists and doctors and people with all kinds of different perspectives on, on human movement and training that it gave me a really great, uh, you know, mind shift in my, my training. It took me from, you know, being only focused on training really hard all the time to try to see great results. But, you know, because I remember in MMA, that's what it was all about. I had some some familiarity with, you know, using your nutrition to help you f- recover properly. But I remember it was always go, 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 train, train, train really hard. And it wasn't until, you know, after my experience, after the first couple of years that we opened the gym and learning from the top people in the industry that I, I really realized that, you know, it's not all about training hard all the time. It's also about recovering, you know, because when you're training, you're stressing your body and, you know, you're stressing your body with all these, these things that, you know, you want to recover from and then adapt to and see, hopefully see some positive adaptation. And sometimes if you're just doing the same repetitive movements over and over again and or you're doing some things wrong and just like barely getting by, uh, it, that's going to add up over time and it's going to, you know, either result in pain or injury. And, you know, I was able to see that actually firsthand, you know, I was doing the same lifts over and over again, same training routines that I started developing pain in my back and my shoulders. And when I finally listened to the coaches around me who were coaching me, I started implementing more mobility. I started sleeping better. I started taking more supplements uh, or, you know, healthy supplements, organic stuff. And I started focusing on not just, you know, hard training, but uh, recovery and durability that I was able to take my fitness to the next level and, you know, finding a balance between training hard, recovering, eating good, and, you know, being mindful of, you know, assessing my body, you know, on a regular basis to make sure I'm not just pounding myself into the ground all the time, but really realizing that the reward comes from the recovery and letting my body adapt and taking taking the time to, to step back and take a break that I was able to be in the best shape of my life. And now I'm able to show people how to do that, not only in person at the gym, but also online thanks to the power of social media. Right. It's also, it's kind of cool how you were able to learn because you said like being on it, you had all those cool people coming in like coaches, 
um, like saying therapists and other things. But you also, I mean, you were going up there for MMA too. Like I bet you were probably training with like really good, like mixed martial artists. Like you probably had like the top people in a lot of different fields all kind of coming in. So it was probably, it was probably a great environment, you know, being with people yeah. all in that, like doing all that. That was one of the best parts, man. You know, cause growing up, I was always a huge fan of MMA. I knew all the coaches, all the, all the, you know, everybody by name so that when they started coming in to train at our gym, I was, you know, starstruck. Who'd you train and, with? Uh, you know, uh, Dwayne Bang Ludwig is. Yeah. Yep. Bang Muay Thai. Yeah. He trains like TJ Dillashaw and uh, all these top fighters. Uh, I got to train with him actually for a couple months. Actually, I uh, took like my vacation, uh, which I'd saved up for the last like five years. I spent like three weeks, it wasn't too much, it was three weeks that I spent out in Colorado with TJ Dillashaw and he let me stay at his house and uh, cool. I got to train with Dwayne Bang and, you know, we, we all became really close and actually, I remember, I was actually there for a couple of weeks when TJ was like, look, man, I know I told you to come at this time to come train, but the UFC is going to fly me to go to this UFC fight in Vegas, but I'm going to tell them to book yours too. And so he took me with him to the UFC in Vegas and we sat front row, cage side, That's you know, sick, it was like best experience of my life, man. And it was all thanks to, you know, being connected to, to, to on it and some of these top coaches in the world. And I was able to, you know, like you said, keep training with these martial arts people that inspired me growing up that not only helped me improve my martial arts, but also, I was able to train with TJ in his conditioning workouts and I got to see a whole new perspective on how he was training and how everybody, how, you know, mixing up my, so that I got to throw into my routines and it's, you know, it's ever, ever growing, ever adding. I'm always trying to add things to my arsenal. So I'm constantly trying to keep traveling and meeting new people and other people who are influencers online to try to keep stepping my game up. And, you know, I like to make sure I take the approach of, you know, always being a student, you know, taking a non-dogmatic approach to my training. Like, I don't know everything. And uh, there might be things that work for me and most of my clients, but there's always, you know, a different way to look at things, different perspective that I can uh, be open to. And I try to leave myself open to, to learning new things and not just trying to act like I know everything. Right. So explain to me, like, the exercises you put up and like the workouts you put up on Instagram, you call them flows. Explain to me or people that don't know, like what's the difference between a flow versus like a circuit or a complex or something like that? Like, is it really a uh, distinct difference? No, the only, I mean, it's different from a circuit and a circuit's like multiple different exercises that you do. But you're only using uh, kettlebells, the, right? Yeah. Well, I use, you can use kettlebells, you can use dumbbells. For me, a flow is just any movement that uses a tool for uh, multiple exercises in a sequence, you know, it's like a complex. I just like to call it a flow just because it, it, you know, puts it for me, it flows together smoothly and it's just what I like to call it. You know, it doesn't need to be a whimsical thing that's ever changing and ending. It can be just a closed loop of three exercises that just flow well together. And they, they make you get into that state of flow where you're just moving and grooving and feel, feel like you're having fun, you know, not just, repping out one exercise over and over again, which I still do. I still do. Like I said, um, I still stay true to the fundamentals. You know, I still make sure I get my reps in get my volume in on all the basic fundamental movements. Uh, but I like to throw in flows and complexes and different combinations just to kind of mix it up, you know, doing flows and putting myself in different positions and ranges of motion with load, like the kettlebell or the steel mace or steel clubs. It allows me to, add load to positions I normally can't, you know, I can normally only access through body weight training. Um, so that, that helps me become stronger in different ranges of motion, which translates super well to real world sport where things are ever changing. You're always in a different position. You're not just moving forward and back. You're moving side to side. You're exploding. You're, you're being dynamic. You're having to be static. You have to hold the position. You have this whole, you got to choke somebody out. You got to hold an isometric position for as long as you can. So the ref steps in, you know, that's all, that, that's all things that I take into account into my training when I'm training myself and my clients, uh, things that are actually functional for what their goals are. And that's not just pressing a barbell overhead for multiple reps. Right. I was but, just... you know, not, not those things down, those things are still beneficial for maximal strength, 
Um, but there's definitely um, value in and mixing it up and being well-rounded and, and being able to switch positions and add, you know, being strong in multiple positions, not just doing the same shit over and over again. Right. I was going to say you're one of the, I don't actually follow too many uh, fitness accounts on Instagram, mainly because I feel like a lot of people fall into the trap of they're trying to create, they're trying to make something that would look cool on Instagram, but it's not necessarily like logical or really functional, just like looks cool. But I, I, what I like about what you do is one, I think it's pretty creative. Like, I think it's cool the way you create, like the flows are always very different, but they're clearly like logical. Like they make sense. Like the exercise actually do flow. There's like thought behind it as opposed to like, you'll see people just doing like ridiculous shit just because they think it'll get them views and likes on Instagram. And it's really not giving anybody any kind of value whatsoever. Exactly. You know, I like to make sure that I'm not just doing shit to waste my time. You know, there's, there's definitely value to like mixing it up and doing all these crazy, like, uh, free flows. Um, they're great for, you know, getting your heart rate up and building mobility in different ranges of motion, but there's definitely better techniques you can do that are, um, you'll get more reward out of if you just focus on one, one thing, if you're really focused on trying to get mobility. Um, but there are flows that are fun. And, you know, free flowing is fun too. Uh, but for me, it's, I rather like go do a kickboxing class or go do some shadow boxing and mix that up or go running, go swimming, you know, anything. Cause for me, a kettlebell flow gets my heart rate up, but it doesn't really like jack up my nervous system that I need for when I'm doing, um, like the work that I want to get to really produce those hormones that help me, you know, feel like an animal. Um, so that's why you see a lot of my kettlebell flows. They're super explosive or they're slow and controlled where I'm focusing on really lighting up the muscle, building tension to try to, you know, focus on growth and, or explosive training. Uh, you'll rarely see me doing, you know, those free flows, you know, not to say there's anything wrong with them. They're just, like you said, they can be a little illogical and they're just for me, just not, not my cup of tea. So that's why I don't do a lot of those. I like to do ones that are focused on hypertrophy, strength, and power. Otherwise, I like to just fucking mix it up with some bodyweight training. That's why I like doing animal flow, uh, free flow style, just because, you know, that for me, that's uh, being on the ground is something a lot of us la- like kind of lack at. And, you know, being able to move through different ranges on my wrists and hands is really great for, for mobility on the floor. And I really like animal flow for that. Um, so free flowing animal flow is probably something you, you'll start seeing more of. I haven't posted a lot of it just cause, um, I really focus on getting better at it. So I'm not really trying to shoot videos of it. So I'm always just kind of practicing and kind of just really getting the groove. Uh, I like to post a lot of kettlebell videos just cause for me, it's like second nature. And so being able to put something together really quickly and show it to other people is, is not a problem. Right. Um, but I've actually been trying to do a better job of, putting together uh, more uh, fundamental stuff that you can, people get a lot of, a lot of juice from like uh, basic shoulder workouts, basic push pull routines using dumbbells and barbells, just giving people a taste of, you know, what I really do on a full workout. Um, Not just the kettlebell flows anymore. Um, You know, it was kind of, uh, I, I did it a lot in the past just cause like I said, it was easy to just kind of put those together and knock those out. But nowadays I'm trying to stray away from just being the kettlebell guy and show people that it takes more than just kettlebells or even just barbells you know, anything, you know, for me, I'm a well-rounded athlete and I like to mix it up. And so I think I've done a little bit of a better job showing that recently and it shows too, you know, I feel like I've gotten a lot bigger, a lot stronger, a lot faster in the last year since I've really been making an effort to not only show people more of what I really do in my routine, but making sure I kind of stick to a program that's not whimsical and it's really focused on reaching my goals and adding things in that keep me mobile and well-rounded, but uh, still focused on, on achieving my goal, you know, not just kind of doing everything there is to do, but doing it in a very logical manner. Right. So then with you building up your Instagram account, when you, how did the decision go to like start the Instagram account? Was it intentional in building it or just kind of happen? 
And no, it kind of happened, man. Like I was, I remember I was doing, I just, I was, I think I had like maybe like 5,000 followers. Um, and the marketing team was telling us to really pump stuff out so we can get more clients, bring more people in the gym. So that's why I started posting some more workout videos, uh, to show people what some of the things that we did at the gym. And I had a buddy who was like, Hey man, like I want to come film a, a hype video for you or film some of your workouts. He was like a, he's a, he's a, a cinematographer, videographer. Like, yeah, man, come through. And he shot some videos for me and I put them on my Instagram. I think it was like, I call it, it was like a, uh, back bulletproof back workout. It was me like doing kettlebell <laughs> swings, scapula pushups and pull-ups. And I remember Joe Rogan reposted it on his Instagram. Oh, that's the clout you need. <laughs> yeah. And then overnight, bro, right. I went from like 5,000 to like 12,000 followers. And then after that, it was kind of a snowball effect. I kind of saw the value and like, damn, like this can really be a thing if I just keep posting cool videos all the time and valuable content, valuable workouts. And I just kept going and going, kept posting as much as I could almost every day until it started blowing up. I had, people kept sharing my workouts. I had like around 70, 80,000 followers a year and a half later after that happened that my business, my roommate was like, Hey man, you have a solid following. You have like 80,000 followers. I can help you grow it and help you build a website. Um, and we can launch a course and you're because i was teaching kettlebell certifications at the time so i had a really great knowledge of a system on teaching people how to use kettlebells and obviously i had thrown in my own flair my own style of the things that i like to use in my routines and so we developed a course we filmed it and after that just kind of kept ramping up all the posts tailored towards kettlebells just because my first product was a kettlebell course teaching people the fundamentals of kettlebells. So that's why a lot of my content was kettlebells at the time. And my training was too, you know, I was using mostly kettlebells. Um, but then after I launched the course, it did well, the website went well, I kept growing and, you know, I got to a point to where I really wanted to switch up my own training and not just be lean. And, you know, uh, I was like 170 pounds at the time. I was like, I want to be bigger I really, I've always really looked up to my brother, even though he always, you know, made fun of me and shit. He's always been like a stocky monster, quadzilla thighs <laughs> thicker than my waist. I was like, damn, like I want to be as big as my brother one day. I want to start doing more barbells, more deadlifts, more squats, more bench press, more overhead pressing, and more, you know, hypertrophy work with dumbbells. And so I started mixing up the routine. And came out with a shredding program using barbells, dumbbells that helped me kind of transform my physique as well uh, into what it is now. So I'm constantly, you know, evolving my training and evolving my products as I go along. So it's con it's a constant, you know, testing stuff out and trying to put out new content. And I remember earlier in the year, I posted a picture of a transformation picture of myself um, and people were freaking out because I never, I didn't post any progress as I was doing it, you know, cause I didn't want to, you know, I was testing it out. I had never done that crazy of a program before where I just kind of went all out. I gained 50 pounds Damn. in the mad span of like three months, just pigging out. Dude, I would go to the buffets. I would eat double cheeseburgers twice a day, ton of protein shakes. I would lift a lot. And I gained a ton of weight, but I didn't document any of it, you know, cause at the time I was more focused on selling a program that I knew worked and I had a ton of content for already to help promote. And, but for some, some people, you know, they were, they were like taken aback and like it's fake or something like you're faking. Yeah. Fake or something. I'm like, no, I'm not fake. You know, it's like, I'm showing you ads for what works for right. the program that's right now. You yeah. know, that, that program that I'm trying to sell you is what works for looking like that. Right. If you're, tr um, you're trying to figure out like you're, you got to test on yourself first before you can give it to other people. So if you can't like, right. You got to do it on your own first and then you can show people. Exactly. And it fucking works. So I'm fucking excited to this time I'm gonna do it again. I'm going to document it. You know, I'm going to go through it another round. Um, uh, and just do it a little bit cleaner, a little bit better. Uh, but I'm, I will be releasing the program pretty soon. I'm thinking about it. I might release it soon. I might just wait. Um, just cause I want to test it out another time, but I mean, it's successful. There's nothing really too crazy about it. It's nothing, nothing new. 
it's just my my style of training combined with what's already out there in the fitness world on how to gain weight. Um, just my approach, my my style, which makes it unique for for my clientele. Right. Who want to do, what I do with your Instagram account too. One thing I was just saying, you're talking about, I forget who you were saying, but someone who, I think it was your brother or somebody who has big quads or something like that. Yeah. Like I was going to say with your Instagram account, when you started it, like, were you always doing like the shirt off short shorts, like yeah. thing? Like, was that tough? Was that tough to like, was that like easy? Like, yeah, I'll just do that. Or did you have to kind of like, was it like awkward at first? I feel like if it was me, I'd like, I tried, I used to do more like fitness content and now I've gotten to more just like other kinds of concept when I was trying to post more fitness stuff, it didn't feel like natural to me. Like I felt yeah. like it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I was like, ah, yeah. and I kind of strayed away from it. So I always find it interesting. Like, was that something you wanted to do at first? Did you just kind of start doing it? Cause you had momentum. Like how did that all? Yeah, honestly, when I first, first started out, um, I didn't even have an Instagram account. I had like a Facebook and I were about to open the gym. It's like four and a half years ago almost five years ago in January, they're like, Eric, like you need to you need to start an Instagram account, start marketing yourself so we can bring people to the gym. And I was like, man, I hate Instagram. I hate social media. It's so silly. People taking selfies and looking silly as fuck. I'm like, I don't want to be a dumbass like everybody else. And then like, no, that's not what it's about. It's not about, you know, you have to be an open book so people can know what you're all about and buy what you're selling. You know, you are your business now that you're a coach. You have to walk the walk, you know, or walk talk. You walk the talk. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll try it out. And I was like, but I was like, man, what's the dumbest thing that I could think of for a name? Because uh, I really don't want to do this. What's what's the silliest thing I come up with? At the time, we were selling primal gear, primal kettlebells, like primal something. That way, it fits with the brand. Um, primal, and I was like, you know, I, I like working out, like something like swole, you know. Something about being getting swole, and I was like, something cool though, something like demanding, like a soldier. And I was like, oh wait, swole, soldier, <laughs> soldier. I was like, primal soldier, and so I took it over to the marketing team. I was like, hey, what do you guys think of my name, primal soldier? And they all <laughs> laughed me out, laughed me out of the room. Thought I was stupid. I thought it was stupid too, but just it went works. with it. And it worked. People, people dig it now. They, they. That's what they know me as. You know, hardly anybody knows my real name. Everybody calls me calls me Primal or Swolder. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> which is cool though. I, which is it's cool though. You know, I I think it's funny. Yeah. So it's all good. So then, how did like the more business aspect come about? Like, because you you start mostly like when did you start the online stuff? I guess. Like, how did that come yeah. about? How are you able to build? take like your following on Instagram and transfer that into like a legitimate, you know, stream of income and like create different ways to, you know, build a business well, and a brand. As we, when we were coaches at on it, uh, early out in the, in the game, our managers asked us to produce online content for this thing called on demand, uh, on it Academy on demand, which was a website on WordPress that our, our gym was using to, help us trainers produce workouts, new workouts online. So we would shoot these workouts on our phones and put them on the website. People would pay like 10 bucks a month to have access to all the coaches workouts. And so that was actually going really well, especially, you know, for me when I had, I had around like 12,000 followers. So I was making a good chunk of change, but it just wasn't working out. Um, so after a year we stopped doing that. So after I lost that income, I was like, man, you know, I still have customers who keep reaching out to me and they, they want the workouts access to, to more routines. So that's my business partner. My roommate jumped in. I was like, Hey man, we should just start your own website. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so that's how, we, you know, kind of stemmed from, again, from on it, uh, that experience, learning how to edit movies and write descriptions for workouts and really produce content, uh, that was, uh, valuable for paying customers. And so that's how I developed a little bit of experience before, I launched my own website and I, like I said, I was teaching kettlebell certifications already for about a year. So I had a good idea of how to structure a education system on how to teach people how to use kettlebells. So that became my first product just because I had so much knowledge on how to use kettlebells. So I took as much knowledge as I could and then I added my own spice to it 
and uh, that became my first product. And still one of my top selling products is my Primal Kettlebell course, which is like 150 videos of all my favorite kettlebell techniques, kettlebell flows and complexes explained. And it includes a huge section on mobility and durability, uh, which is actually one of the biggest things that people will take away from that course is the mobility section. I always get a ton of great feedback just because it's something that even today people don't really focus on teaching is uh, stretching and uh, warm-ups and cool-downs. So I included all that on my first product and people dug it. And ever since then, I launched a subscription beta, a subscription system on my website where I've, I launched 12 new workouts a month for people and uh, various other uh, eight-week uh, workout programs, um, which you can all find on my website. And I'll put the website in the description so people can get to it. So you also then do the workshops. So like, when did you start traveling for the workshops? Um, well, I was already traveling for the certifications, working for Onnit. But it was about two and a half years ago that I actually I met this girl, Francesca, my girlfriend. Um, we hit it off when I went to go teach a kettlebell certification in Miami. We met for the first time, hit it off. We hung out all weekend. Um, I actually ended up moving her out to Austin uh, three months after nice. that. Yeah, so we, we lived together. And a buddy of mine, this guy, Leo Savage, he's the steel mace guy. He asked us to do a workshop with him in New York at Solace. That was my first workshop ever, like solo, at least for my own brand and company that I did with Francesca and Leo. And it went great. It was super successful. So then that's when I decided to create my own workshop with me and Francesca teaching together. And now we teach one every, almost every month, sometimes twice a month all over the country. And we're looking to go uh, worldwide uh, next year. So we're looking forward to that. What's it like having a girlfriend who is into the same things as you? Like for me, I always think about like, ah, oh, would I like dating like a fitness girl? But I'm always like, ah, that's my thing. Like she should have her own thing. I want to have my thing and she can go that's do something thing. else. Yeah, no, nah, it's super dope, man. You know, we're into the same stuff, but she's also into her own thing. She has her own style. She's more into the body weight, animal flow stuff. She's always checking me when I'm trying to just kind of go hard in the paint with lifts and kettlebells and high intensity training and, just running and doing a shitload of cardio and being super strict with my diet. She kind of helps me balance it all out with, you know, more recovery, reading books, you know, getting better sleep and paying attention to, to balancing my life out, you know, and doing more animal flow or, you know, going out to eat places that aren't just fucking, you know, lean meals all the time and trying new things. Like when we, like, I remember when I was going to the certifications on my own for on it, I would just kind of stay in the hotel all day and just wait for the trip to be over. Nowadays, when I teach workshops with Francesca, we travel and we like explore the city. We even spend a couple extra days to hang out and go to museums and go find our favorite comic book stores or just like do cool shit. And so it's been a way better of an experience with having a cool girlfriend who's into the same stuff. Cool. What what's been your favorite city you visited and what's your least favorite? Man, my least favorite city. Babe, what's, what was our least favorite city? Dover. Do was that in Connecticut? <laughs> That's Delaware, Dover. isn't it? <laughs> uh, New Hampshire? I don't know, Dover. I think it's uh, Delaware. It no, it was, no? It's like by Boston, right? Uh, maybe it's New Hampshire then. Yeah, it's in New Hampshire. It was so boring and cold. <laughs> After we went to this, like, this like a game store but it was like the weirdest little game store it was like it was like a dnd &D game store that it was like super lame it was like the coolest thing there in the city the pizza was terrible that's so funny it was, just it was bad bro and it was cold and it just wasn't fun but the, my favorite city i would have to say is has been man probably new york man i fucking love new york yeah. There's so much to do. Everything's open late. There's healthy food on one corner. There's candied peanuts and shit on the other corner. And there's shopping all day long. The best bookstores and comic books. And it's dope, man. There's so much city that I still haven't haven't got tired of it. So I'm excited to go back and I want to explore Brooklyn. I've never been to Brooklyn, so right now never really got to explore. We had pizza in Brooklyn last time we went. We had pizza at uh, Emmy Squared. 
Oh, Emmy Squared is good. I think the original is like Emily. I think it's Emily, like in the West Village or Emily. something. So good. Yeah. The burger's yeah, good. Go the to- pizza's good. That's it's where I want to go. We meant to go there, but we went to the one in Brooklyn. I was like, wait, wait, this is the place. I, I think it's but, a, I think it's comparable. I think it's the same. But yeah, the burger there is so good. Yeah. Like yeah, place. Is yeah, awesome. the burger. That was that's one of my favorite burgers. But I'm telling you, the one I had here in Austin is better than that. Toss up. It's a toss up, bro. It's Damn. a toss up. That's crazy. Yeah, because that Emmy burger, I had that back in February in Nashville. It was they have one out in Nashville. Yeah, it's fucking delicious. So dude. good. Yeah, it's, it's so good. So good. What? So currently, what? are you like what's your overarching goal like what are you trying to achieve as you go through like trying to build your business build your brand gain more of a following like what's the overarching goal or motivating you to keep doing everything man just keep getting better keep learning honestly like i got kind of stuck on just kind of trying to make more money and get more followers but now i'm like i'm good where i'm at man i just want to you know I don't need to make a ton of money. If the money comes, the money comes, but I'm, I want to be happy. I want to have balance. I want to do the things that I like, you know, cause like I love working out. That's my, that's my shit. You know, that's what makes you, that's my therapy. And so when it's your job too, it's like, it can kind of get stressful to where you kind of start hating the thing you love. So to fight that from happening, I try not to overdo it anymore. Cause I remember I was doing like fucking a hundred clients a, a month and a hundred sessions and classes and then uh, filming a ton of content and trying to produce all this stuff for the website that I was getting burnt out. And I still really started hating what I was doing that I was like, man, I fucking hate this. I don't think I want to do fitness anymore. Like I just want to delete my Instagram and just like do something else, go back to school or some bullshit. What would you do and if you weren't doing fitness? Fucking, I don't know, go back to school. <laughs> 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 so I don't know some bullshit I mean my mom always told me you know I can be successful at whatever I want to do and I like doing all kinds of shit I always, always thought you know maybe I can get into like reggaeton and become a singer that'd be cool shit. <laughs> How dope that be? <laughs> but I recently just kind of learned I need to just balance things out and I started picking up art again um, started drawing I, I made a commitment to try to draw at least one new thing a week I think I need to step it up to at least two things a week. And then I started reading at least two nights out of the week and try not to watch more than one episode of anything every night and just kind of make sure I'm diversifying my, my, my skills, man. And not just only being good at working out, but also keeping my, my brain stimulated with reading good books, watching good shows, podcasts, and, you know, doing the things that I like, you know, which is growing and learning because uh, I remember even like in the last year I was teaching my own workshops and that, that was kind of like the only thing I was really good at was doing what I was already good at and what I already knew and teaching people how to do that. But I kind of was slacking on going to other workshops and learning from top people in industry, which is what actually what made me, you know, right? what made me, what made me you know, keep getting better and better year by year, year after year. So my my goal, my new goal is to, take more workshops from other top coaches and, you know, keep practicing what I preach and not being stuck doing the same repetitive things all the time, but keep mixing it up. And that's why you even see my content on Instagram kind of being a little bit different just because I'm trying new things and not being afraid to mix it up because that's what, what's helped me be, helped me be where I'm at is having no fear of just trying to do the same thing because I think that's what works. It's all about, you know, mixing it up, trying new things and, you know, not being afraid to fail. Yeah. It's important not to get complacent to keep pushing yourself to get better. So that's definitely. Yeah, and not only to, you know, keep the, the clients happy, but to keep yourself interested in what you're doing because, you know, you get tired of doing the same shit, you know, and it's not just about getting comfortable. It's just about, uh, you know, boring yourself to death. Right. What currently keeps you up at night or what worries you? Right now, not having enough time to do all the things that I want to do. You know, there's so many things that I want to, like I said, I wish I could draw every night. I wish I could read every night. I wish I could, uh, like dig deep into the internet and learn something new every night or go to the bookstore and 
all the books and they're so intimidating that I'm having a hard time even going into bookstores anymore because I just need to focus on what I'm doing now, focus on reading the books I already have and just making the best use of my time. You know, that's the only thing that keeps me up at night. So it doesn't keep me up because I make sure I knock myself to sleep so I can wake up in the morning and start doing shit, you know. So nothing keeps me up at night, but what I worry about is uh, doing my best to manage my time to make sure I can do everything that I want to do and keep getting better. Nice. And yeah, I think that's ever something people, everyone's concerned about is not having enough time, trying to find the time to do everything you want. And things always take yeah. away from the things you want to do. Yep. What, what advice would you give an aspiring entrepreneur, be it someone in the fitness industry, someone trying to build an online brand or any type of business or, you know, like, they feel yeah. they feel a desire to pursue their own thing outside of like what you say. They don't want to do what other people want them to do. They want to do what they want to do. Like, what advice would you give somebody who's trying to start My doing biggest, that? For me, the biggest thing that has helped me has been to not be afraid to give too much. You know, I had this conversation with another coach the other day, and one of our coaches' meetings was she had this client who she was giving an evaluation to, and he was asking her for more tips on a certain technique, and then she was asking us. She's like how do I tell the client not to have bad form without giving them too much information? And then we're like, no, like you, you should want to give them as much information as you can so you can show your value as a coach, as a person of that has value, to, something to give. You know. So for me, I've always never had a problem just giving as much as I possibly can, not only to my clients, but to my, to my, uh, my people online, you know, just giving out free content, uh, just because it, it, it's a it's a pretty equal reciprocation or reciprocal relationship. When the more you put out, it's going to come back in some form or another. And so I remember leading up to my first program online, my first course, I put out so much free content, so many free videos that by the time I launched my website, I had a ton of people buy the program, but some of them didn't even go through the whole course. But they sent me a message saying, hey, man. Um, you know, I, I dig your course. It's dope, but really I just want to support you because you gave me so much in these last couple of years that I wanted to give back. And that was just proof of, you know, don't be afraid to give out free information and, you know, you can never give too much because, you know, you're not the only one that knows these things. Everybody can find the same information most likely that you're trying to hide from other people for free on YouTube or anywhere else on the internet because there's so much information like we talked about earlier. So it's not the information that people want. I mean, that's what they want. But when you're a personality and you have like something else to give besides just facts, you know, that's what sells is you as a person, not only being, you know, uh, smart, but being genuine and being giving and having a personality. So don't be afraid to give too much because people want, what you're selling because they like you. Yeah. Pe people, I think one definitely struggle with like keeping information themselves, seeing it gives them some kind of advantage. But like you mm -hmm. said, like anyone can find that information. It's all there. But two, mm -hmm. the giving away things for free, I think is also a great point because I think that's another thing is people don't look long term in terms of like, you give the value you might not re receive, you know, that monetary like gain right away. But if you're actually thinking long-term instead of like the short-term money, like grab trying to nickel and dime people, like if you're just giving yeah. stuff away, it's going to come back to you eventually. Yeah. Right. Whether it's for word of mouth, they tell somebody else who's willing to pay, you know? Yeah. I mean, whatever information that you give out for free, it's going to come back somehow, you know, like I said, whether it's you give somebody something for free and they end up telling five other people and then you end up making two or three other sales from those other people that heard about you and uh, learning that your stuff is dope. Yeah, or is some you get introduced to somebody, you know, who then gives you an opportunity that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise if you didn't get yeah. some, you know? It's like you never know exactly. where things are going to go. Yeah, like going through my DMs sometimes, like I used to think, oh, man, I don't want to go through all those DMs. But recently I went through and, you know, through a message that I wouldn't even, I would have like kind of just like ignored. I went through it and it was actually – a tour manager from one of my favorite DJs and I'm going to, you know, uh, he's going to hook me up with free tickets to, uh, the festival this weekend and, you know, get, get to hopefully meet one of my favorite DJs. So nice. it's like, there's so much shit out there that, you know, we can try to ignore or like cut ourselves off from being closed minded. 
But if you leave yourself open and not have fear of not being good enough or thinking your own, this is your only value, you know, it can be very limiting. So just don't be afraid to, you know, put out what you know, but obviously, you know, keep growing at the same time, keep learning new things, keep adding things to your toolbox so that you don't become stagnant. Right. All right. I think that's pretty good to end on. Let's just do music recommendations. What do you listen to when you're working out or any bands or groups people should check out that they might not know? Man, I like listen to all kinds of stuff right now, but I'm on like a a hip hop kick right now. Rap. This guy, uh, Maxo Cream. Oh, I love he's he's a Texas guy. He's from Houston. I love Maxo Cream. Oh, he's so dope. I've been jamming that out recently. Uh, R.O. Grime is the DJ I'm talking about. He's one of my favorites. Damn, he's big too. Yeah, so hopefully I get to meet him this weekend. We'll see what's up. I've always been a big fan, so that's awesome. And who else? Oh, Jay Balvin and all the people doing reggaeton right now. They're all killing it. Yeah. I highly recommend those. Uh, but I, I mix it up, man. I really listen to like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, all kinds of shit. You know, so for me, I'm, I don't discriminate. If it's a good, it's got a good beat, it's got a hype hype vibe to it, you know, it's going to get me cranked up for the gym. I can't listen to the same shit all the time. So, you know, I got to mix it up. Kind of like the train. You got to mix it up, right? Yeah. yeah. You got to mix it up. Yeah. All right. Eric. AKA Primal Soldier, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll, like sure, I said, man. I'll put all the, sure. the links to Eric's stuff. Like, go check it out. Like I said, he's one of the few fitness people I follow because I think he actually gives pretty valuable information, good stuff with kettlebells. Um, he does the workshops. So, anyone's interested in doing those. And yeah, thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, uh, we'll get to meet in person soon. Yeah, I got to I got to do one of those workshops. Yeah, man, you got to come check it out. All right, well, Fill your mind with some kettlebell flow. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right, man. All right, let's get out of here. Shouts out to Eric. Thanks for coming on the show. You can follow him at Primal on Instagram. That's Soldier but Swole. S W O L E D I E R. Uh, like I said to him, great fitness content. I usually find most Instagram fitness people to be a little corny, but his is actually really beneficial. I save a lot of his posts, uh, exercise and workouts to do later. Uh, a lot of kettlebell bodyweight style training, but does pretty much everything, but great follow, learn a lot from him. I also, I'll put a link to his Instagram accounts in the description and a link to his websites in the description where you could find all the stuff he was talking about, his workout programs, his subscription service. There's diet plans, there's apparel, there's the schedule. You could sign up for when he's doing his workshops. So if he's coming to a city near you and you want to go to one of his kettlebell workshops, I think it's available for pretty much anyone. So check that out and catch all the wolves next week. Peace.